This is the I Don't Want to Fit In podcast. I'm Anung of Courageous Creativity, a place where I help fellow misfits and black sheep create freedom on their own terms. This podcast is all about other stories of not staying in the box, living lives that are out of the normal. Hey guys, today we got a really good interview with Jenny, who does animal intuition. So thank you for coming on. You're welcome. Glad to be here. So how did you get started with animal intuition? Like, also explain it to me because I'm, I kind of know what it is, but I feel like a lot of people will have a little bit of confusion. Right. So animal intuition is the company name. And what I do is I'm an animal wellness practitioner. So I do healing and body work for animals. So that's a wide array of different modalities to help them physically and emotionally and behaviorally. Probably the most tangible thing that people would relate to is doing animal massage. So we work with dogs and horses and cats primarily and help them uh, with with massage. And, and there's a lot of different modalities, like I said there, but that's probably the best way that, that I can relate to um, or that, that people might be able to relate to it. Oh, yeah. I mean, my dog loves it when I give him even just a a kind of massage. He's laying on the ground. I'm like, ooh, yes, I love you. And I pet him kind of harder and he loves it. But I'm pretty sure that, I mean, they all have hip problems. They have knee problems. They get arthritis. So it'd be really nice for them sometimes to get a massage. Absolutely. Yes. Lots of um, animals with injuries or senior pets, when they start to have mobility challenges, um, that's when they come and see me and, and need some extra help and support. So how did you get into this? Like how, how, how does one actually like think to even make a business or a living off of this? Right. Um, well, I have always had a huge love for animals and had pets and, and uh, growing up and, and my grandparents had an Arabian horse ranch. And so I've always been drawn to the animals. And then um, on, on the, the healing side, it was always Run. I have a medical background in, in nursing um, and in that field and always wanted to be that helper and that healer person. And those two elements of my life started to join forces when I, I just started doing some self-study and taking seminars and classes and, and reading up on how I could help my pets better. And that created this awesome toolbox that I had. Um, and I was in, in a career transition um, position that I, I had an opportunity to make a change. And I had always thought, what am I going to do when I grow up? <laughs> and so 20 years later, I said, oh my gosh, I have all these tools and I really, really want to help animals and definitely help their people too, because they often need support going through difficult times with their pets. So I knew at that moment that I needed to really launch the business and um, kind of forge the frontier and, and see how many people and animals that I could help. Yeah. I like that thing you said, it's like, what do I want to grow up? Like, that's a nice thing to actually ask yourself. Right. Always. Even when we're like, quote unquote, adults, I don't, especially when I was in my 20s, I did not feel like an adult. I still am kind of like iffy about it. But yeah. it's like, you're still always growing. You should have no problem changing in life. I'm like, did you get a lot of people telling you like, well, you're doing medical stuff, you're doing or was it nursing or something? 
And they're like, why would you leave that job? Why would you try something on your own? You've got good money. Well, I, I have a background in, in that. I, I, my career was actually something very different. I was in corporate America. Um, but I, I had more people when I started questioning what I did saying, you do what for a living? <laughs> and there's there's people that that hire you um and so i think there's a huge audience that's um maybe unaware of the services that are available to help their pet and then um you know there's there's a huge huge population of people that are just like me that that have pets and they're like family and and they really love them and they want to be able to support them in a holistic way and and different than what their veterinarian can do um, that's a completely different service and i always tell them to go to their vet to get a diagnosis and any prescribed um needs that they have um that's definitely the right avenue there. And, and what I offer is something completely different. So I don't really get that medical question, um, but more so the, the unaware that, that I exist or, or these services exist. And some people are really, really excited about it um, once they find out and, and know that their pet's going to need, need and want my help at some point. I almost feel like when it comes to our pets, we're more open-minded to trying new things where some people are kind of like, why would I take a supplement? I have my doctor can prescribe me something. While well, you have a dog, you're like, ooh, there is glucosamine. There is different things. I can do water therapy for my dog. Like I had literally had someone who that I've known who has hip problems himself, and then his dog got arthritis in his knees. And he's like, oh, the dog will go to water therapy. I'm like, what about you? And he's like, no, <laughs> right. that's not necessary. I, I my dog needs it, not me. He's like, but <laughs> absolutely. Um, I think people become um desperate's maybe a strong word but when their their pet is suffering and they they can see that and they want to be able to do something to help and um they want to do everything they can to be able to help that pet um, feel more comfortable and um adjust to whatever is going on so they they do tend to be a little bit more open minded. Um, you know, if we have a sore back, um, many of us don't question going and getting a massage. All right, yep, we need to. <laughs> and um, but they they haven't translated that yet um, all the time to to their pets. Yeah, they're kind of like, well, they're wild animals. They should just be used to it. It's like, but you have them in your home. They're not doing the same things. Like. My dog has to have nail trims because he's not running all the time right. in the wilderness and all the rocks and the dirt and all that stuff. He's not using it to scratch at things. He's not tearing stuff apart. So, yeah, he needs nail trim because they're going to keep growing because they're on my carpet. Right. <laughs> exactly. Good analogy. And so how did you... How did you persevere to do this? Because this was, of course, a very big change. It's a different thing than what everyone always has told us about like whether or not you go to college, but you stick at the job, maybe you change here and there, but like how has being different been great for you? Well, uh, gosh, there's so many different ways. Um, you know, you, you do have to have some tough skin being that I am forging the frontier and have, have been doing so um, for the last almost 10 years. But so you have to, you have to, like I said, have that thick skin and, and know that 
I guess what I'm doing, I feel really confident that it's, it's out there to help. And, and I had that vision and, and knew that, that it was the right thing to do. And I knew that there were other people, like I had mentioned before, out there like me that, that want that help. Um, so I'm, I'm a pretty ambitious person. I set goals. Um, I have a lot of corporate background in how to run a company. So that business piece was helpful for me. And then it's, it's networking and, and building relationships. Um, you know, it's, it's an emotional business. So you really have to connect with colleagues and, and, and the people to, to grow the business. Um, but it's given me a lot of flexibility. And um, in addition to being able to help my own pets, I do a lot with rescue and help them. And then you just form those relationships with, with clients. And that as that life cycle ends with their, their pet that they have right now, they realize the value that you, that I've brought to them. And, um, you know, then I see them with their next pet or they have multiple pets and, and it's just, um, it's just evolved and and grown. And um, it's been a really great thing to, to be a part of. And so how did you find your courage to make this transition, start on your own, kind of just, as you said, be the frontier of this all. Like how, how, was it hard to find it or did you grow with it? (laughs) Um, You know, I I think the opportunity was just there to really take that chance. Um, I had, I had some savings in the bank and I knew that this is really what I wanted to do. And so I, I just said, you know, this is my opportunity and this is the time. And if I don't take that plunge, I may never know. Um, Cause I certainly could have stayed on the corporate career path and, and, and followed, followed that. But I just, I knew that this is what I wanted to do. And I think that gave me that courage and that, that I had the vision and that I had a little bit of buffer to, to help me financially, um, make that transition so that I could have the time to ramp up. But I think it's all mostly that, that inner drive to know that if I didn't give it a chance, I I would have been disappointed in myself um, because I think I had a lot to offer to um, pet parents and and the animals that they have. Yes. And so have you, were you always like curious about that to, you wanted to work with animals for a long time. You just never got the chance to it. Or it was just something that kind of like came up like, Oh, it's a possibility. Can I try it? Right. No. Um, I think it's more so that I always loved animals and always wanted to do something with them. But, but the evolution of the, the career really came and stemmed from my own pets and wanting to be able to help and support them. Um, you know, I had looked at being a veterinarian um, when I was a kid and, and looking at career chan- uh, channels. And um, when I found out that veterinarians have to euthanize animals, um, you know, at 13, 14 years old, I said, well, that's probably not the career for me. Yeah, I <laughs> so, feel like all of us animal lovers were kind of like, let's try vet. And it's like, mm, I can't do that hard stuff. Right. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, that that had turned me off. And um, so 
like I said, I went down a completely different um, career path, but always had animals and always wanted to help them and then really had this drive to do some healing work. And, and like I said, that's where I did a lot of seminars and training that I would do on weekends and nights and, and, and those kind of things while I still have my career because it was just the passion in me um, and driving me forward to learn more and how could I help them more and what's really out there. So doing the research and, and reading and and practical application to, to different activities um, or um, services that I now offer. So I, I don't know that I had it in the, you know, at some point I did have it in my mind that I wanted to work with animals, but I don't think that I felt like it was a very practical option until some of this started to to come together better and I was able to see it more clearly. Yes, believe me, I've definitely heard the be practical about everything else. It's kind of like the way the world is right now, we can make really anything a job. We can make money on almost anything out there. So what is your favorite part of your job? Like, what do you love doing about it? Oh, my gosh. Um, Other than petting other animals all the time? (laughs) Right. I get to be. uh, Yeah. I think the probably my biggest source of fulfillment is that I I can see a, a difference in the animal that I'm helping. And there's a lot of appreciation and gratitude there. And then also in the people that are bringing their pets to me, um, it's like I said, it's such an emotional piece when their animal is, is struggling on some level and to give them some hope and to give them support and acknowledgement and guidance and, and then to be able to help them feel better physically and emotionally. It's, it's really rewarding and it really helps me and reminds me that that what I'm doing is so important. Yes. And honestly, anything to do with making animals' lives better is always kind of a, a big thing for me. And so you've talked about doing other stuff with animals, like with rescues and everything else. Like, did you start that before your business? Um, you know, about the same time, um, it was a little bit after I'd always been actively involved in the community doing some of their fundraisers and I'd go get the picture taken when they were doing fundraising events or the bowling event, those kind of things, but more on the front end. And um, I think it was about six months to a year into working animal intuition full, full time that I was approached by somebody. There was a dog in need that was going to be euthanized in just a couple hours. And they had tagged me on a social media post and said, you know, can anybody help? And I was flabbergasted that a dog in the Twin City Metro would, would be euthanized in a couple hours because it had nowhere to go. And so I raised my hand and said, oh my gosh, tell me what I need to do. And that launched my... <laughs> volunteering and fostering career, if you will. And uh, so I I still do a lot of volunteering and fostering of of animals, um, primarily dogs, helping out the community that way. Yeah, I blame you. I love being able to do that too. I've been doing a lot more help with fundraising. 
I feel like I couldn't foster because I would fail at it every time. Would be kind of like <laughs> I'm keeping this one. I'm keeping that one. I love you too. Crap. <laughs> right. A lot of people say that, and I thought for sure. I I used to say that too, and I thought for sure. How am I going to give them up? I'm gonna I'm gonna fall in love with them, and they're gonna be in my home, and they're they're going you know they're gonna be mine. Um. But I had a really rude awakening of how many animals that are really in need when I when I started fostering. And when I saw that, I realized that that space in my home for a dog in need to give them that temporary place to crash and feel safe and find a family that is a really good fit for them was far more valuable than me having another dog. Yeah, and I, I think I've, I've helped other people who are foster people, and they're like, oh, I need help getting food. I'm like, yeah, you let me know. If I, I have a couple of people that I know who foster in the world. I'm like, here, what dog food do they need? I'll give you a bag. There you go. You're good for the month. Yeah. Like, I do stuff like that when I can, but I'm, yeah. I, I think I'm a little too emotional and a little too attached. It's definitely, I've had some hard ones that I've, I've let go that definitely, um, had my whole heart. Um, so, so those, those moments are tough. And, um, the ones that maybe just don't fit in with the family quite as easily, um, you know, or know that they, they would enjoy a different lifestyle than I have are a little bit easier to let go because I know that, that they do have a much better fit with their new family. So, so yeah, it's, it's an emotional roller coaster for sure. Um, but at the end of the day, um, you know, I'm saving a life. So I, I keep it in perspective and, and I have, I do have my own pets. So I, I have them to come home to every day and, and be thankful for them. So that helps too. <laughs> yes. Having one that having something that, that is your own still would definitely be very helpful. So what mm-hmm. else has your business given you freedom to do? Um, gosh, you know, I think as a business owner, we think that we have all this this freedom then to <laughs> to do what we want. Um, and in some cases, it, it does give me that flexibility um, to to set untra- you know non traditional boundaries. Um, so if I you know if I want to take off and go camping, I, I can on a Friday and, and take that afternoon off and I don't have to get an approval to do that or somebody to cover my job. Um, however, I'm kind of on 24-7 when you own a business. Um, so, yes. and I, I try to be supportive of my customers, but, um, you know, or if I'm working from, from home and I have an administrative day, I can stop and take the dogs for a walk. And, and come back and, you know, be able to breathe that fresh air, regroup and, and stuff where, you know, in corporate America, you can't necessarily run, run out and no. <laughs> walk your dog in the afternoon. So little simple pleasures um, like that. Um, and, you know, it, I guess meeting other businesses and colleagues and, you know, you can have some fun with that. It doesn't always have to be in a, in a conference room, you can meet for coffee or like I said, go for a walk or I've done horseback trail rides oh, yeah. <laughs> um, and let's talk shop and do this or let's go out to dinner and, and um, have, have a little bit of fun while we do some of these things and, and hash, 
hash out whatever um, is on the agenda. So there's lots of different freedoms that it, it does provide. Yeah, and believe it, I, I know I understand. I know a lot of people, other people do is that, yes, being a business owner or an entrepreneur or any of those other really hot topic words right now, that's a lot of work. Like I would, yes, I worked less hours when I had a job, but it's like, these are, I may work like 50 hours a week, but those are my 50 hours. I can choose right. when those happen. Like my biggest thing is like, I get to walk the dog during the day and I get to go to the grocery store when it's dead. Like that, yes, that's I literally my that. biggest thing is the <laughs> grocery store. I'm like, I don't have to, I barely ever have like two people in line in front of me there. I don't have to worry about people running into me. There's no kids screaming ever there. I'm like, yes. That is a huge perk. I do plan going to stores on different hours so that I can avoid Saturdays and Sundays. <laughs> yeah. If I can stay home or do like other outdoor things on the weekends and have less contact with humanity, it'd be great. <laughs> right? Yes. Absolutely. I mean, anything else you want to let people know about your business? Because I will definitely have your links on the blog post and in the show notes and everything else. But anything else you want to share for people? Um, you know, I think it would be helpful to know that I have uh, my primary office is in Eden Prairie to service small animals, but I also am mobile in the metro. So for those animals that that can't or don't travel well. And then for horses, obviously I go to them. And so I have certain days um, designated to be able to do mobile appointments as well. And then I do phone consults. So sometimes it's, it's just a phone call that somebody needs to have um, versus from a timing standpoint and, and resources, it's sometimes easier for them to do that. But um, yeah, my website will explain a lot of the, the services and products. Um, we do, we do have a little bit of an e-commerce store and that's growing. So we'll be adding some new products to that soon. Um, but people can come pick it up in the Eden Prairie office during their appointment or outside of their appointment, or we ship direct to them to make it most convenient. So if they need some, some things for their pets. So. All right. Yeah. I think that's about it. All right. Well, thank you for coming on. It's great. It was great having you. I love, honestly, I love people talking about people about animals. I can go forever on that. <laughs> right. Yeah. Well, thank you so much for having me. Yeah. Thanks for listening. Check out CourageousCreativity.co to get all the info on our guests, download any freebies, or to check out my other podcast.